Tea with Tolkien, a podcast for the Hobbit at Heart. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. We are on week four of our Silmarillion read-along. This week, we are discussing chapters two and three of the Quenta Silmarillion, of Aule and Yavanna, and of the coming of the elves and the captivity of Melkor. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has been reading along and joining in on our discussion so far. This really is the most fun part of my job at Tea with Tolkien, and I'm so happy to see so many of you enjoying yourselves and learning a lot and um, discussing all kinds of theories about, I've seen Tom Bombadil and and different um, Valar. I think it's been really fun just to see everyone's thoughts, and I've just really enjoyed it. So I hope that you are all enjoying it too. Just a reminder that you can join in on our discussion by joining our book club, if you sign up with your email address at teawithtolkien.com book dash club, we will send you a link to the Discord server in your inbox. And uh, that's where the bulk of our discussion is happening. So you're more than welcome to join us. I've also been having a lot of fun taking notes on each week's chapters, and I've been making the notes, uh, they're like handwritten notes that I tried to make kind of pretty. Um, and I've been making them into PDF printables for my patrons. So I hope that they will serve as a handy guide. They're kind of just like a brief bullet point through each chapter just to help you stay on track and remember important events and important names. So if you are interested in downloading those printables, you can join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash teawithtolkien. And without further ado, on to this week's chapters. We have two this week, so that's very exciting. Um, it's exciting to me. I don't know if you guys care too much, but it's exciting to me. So our first chapter is chapter two of the Quenta Silmarillion of Aule and Yavanna. If you'll remember back to the Valaquenta, Aule is the lord of the Valar who delights in making things and craftsmanship. And Yavanna is one of the queens of the Valar who delights in growing things, plants, and such like that. And these two dwell together. Aule, impatient for the coming of the children of Iluvatar, made the dwarves in secret. Iluvatar, knowing what was done, because he is Iluvatar and he is all-knowing, came to Aule, just as he had finished creating the dwarves. Aule immediately repented and took up his great hammer to destroy the dwarves, but before he could, Iluvatar stopped him. And so in this moment, we have a we have an example of Aule's humility in the face of Iluvatar's correction. And if we look back to the Ainulindale when Melkor is first corrected by Iluvatar and he begins to like resent Iluvatar and harbor this secret anger, we can see the difference in between these two guys. Um, I think that's kind of interesting to point out. So because Aule created the dwarves on his own, they didn't have any life of their own because life is something that only can be given by Iluvatar. And so and so they were kind of like, I imagine like if you're playing a video game and you stop moving your character and they just stand there um, and they don't have a life of their own. So that's kind of how the dwarves were initially. But after Iluvatar accepted um, Aule's apology, he ended up giving the dwarves a life of their own. And he calls them the children of his adoption. So even though they do now have life through Iluvatar, they're still different from the original children of Iluvatar who are elves and men. 
And so the dwarves are allowed to exist after this. Um, They aren't destroyed or anything. However, the dwarves were not permitted to awaken before the elves and men, and so Iluvatar put them into a deep sleep. Aule then goes home and he tells Yavanna about the dwarves. Now, before this moment, he had done this completely in secret. He didn't tell any of his friends and he didn't even tell Yavanna. So you can see how that would be a problem. Yavanna was grieved to think of the dominion that the children would have over her creation, knowing that the dwarves, the elves, and the men would need to be knocking down trees and stuff like that. She was just worried because she knew how much she loved her own creation and that the children of Iluvatar would threaten hers, even if it wasn't intentionally evil. It was just kind of like a fact of, of that they required for life. So Yavanna went to Manwe for counsel. And from this discussion came two things, two very, very cool things. First, the great eagles. And secondly, the shepherds of the trees, which we know are the Ents. So I love this chapter. I think this chapter is always really fun because you get to see where the Ents come from and there isn't a whole lot about their creation or their nature in much of Tolkien's lore. So this is just like an exciting, I don't know, it feels like a surprise when you're reading because you're not really expecting it, but uh, I thought I thought it was really fun. I love the way that this chapter then ends. So Yovana goes back to Aule and she goes, Now let thy children beware, for there shall walk a power in the forests whose wrath they will arouse at their peril. And she's kind of trying to, you can tell she's still really mad at Aule, and she's trying to uh, be like, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. She's just trying to like, she's just trying to like get back at him. And, And all he says is, nevertheless, they will have need of wood. He's just very casual. And you can tell after this that they're, relationship uh is is not doing very well Aule is probably sleeping on the couch after this so after that we move on to chapter three of the coming of the elves and the captivity of melkor middle earth lay in twilight but melkor did not sleep melkor built his strength in the north there sauron commanded his stronghold called his stronghold called angband Meanwhile, Varda goes off and she makes the stars, for it was the doom of the elves that they should awaken to see the stars. And so um, they all figured, you know, we can't have the elves until we have these special stars, so let's get to it. And just as Yavanna, nope, as Varda finishes this great, great task of setting the stars in the sky, the elves awaken and they name themselves the Quendi. Now, up until this point, none of the Valar had found the elves, so they aren't really aware of it. However, Orome is the first of the Valar to see the elves, but unfortunately, Melkor had found them first. And so when they see Orome, or when they hear him, they are afraid because they've heard um, this kind of scary legend about the hunter, and they think that he is the hunter. Tolkien then writes that Melkor Melkor actually made the orcs by capturing and tormenting the elves, and that this is perhaps his uh, most evil thing that he's ever done. So even though the elves are scared of Orme at first, some of them, uh, they kind of warm up to him, and and that's pretty nice. (laughs) Finally, the Valar, knowing that the elves are now awakened, finally make war with Melkor. 
Tolkos comes over and wrestles with him as the champion of the Valar N1. This really makes me think, like, why did they wait so long? Because if they would have done this before the coming of the elves, none of them would have been captured by Melkor. Like, I don't know. Um, I have, I feel like that a lot when I'm reading about the Valar. Like, it seems like they wait and wait and wait. And if they would have acted a bit more swiftly, things might not have been so bad. But um, who am I to judge the Valar? So Tolkos wrestles with Melkor and wins. Melkor is then chained and sentenced to three ages in captivity before he should be allowed to plead his case again. The Valar then summon the elves to leave Middle-earth and come with them to Valinor. Some of the elves were hesitant for various reasons. Orame then brought ambassadors of the elves to Valinor with him. He brought Ingwe, Finwe, and Elwe. These ambassadors then returned home and tried to talk their kindred into coming with them. Some of the elves agreed to go, and some of them refused the summons. The elves that agreed to go to Valinor are called the Eldar, and those who refused the summons are called the Avari. After this began a great march of the Eldar to Amman. Those who arrived in Amman are called the Calaquendi, and those who either remained in the beginning, or left the march along the way, are called the Moriquendi. And there's a bit more to this chapter, but that's kind of my rundown. Um, I didn't want to make it too long. So um, that's pretty much the gist of these two chapters. And I also made a nice little chart, because in this chapter, we have the first sundering of the elves. And Tolkien makes a chart that's included in, at least it's in my edition of the Silmarillion. I think it's in most editions, or you can just Google Sundering of the Elves, and you'll find this nice little chart where Tolkien talks about um, the different elves and their names and which ones stayed, which ones left. But I also made a little chart that is available up on the blog post um, if you want to check it out. So thanks so much for listening to this week. I hope you guys are enjoying the Silmarillion so far. I know I am, and it's been really fun to read it again. Thank you so much to our patrons, especially our newest patrons, Jonathan, Daniel, and Eric. You guys are the best, and I really appreciate you. If you would like to join our Patreon community, you can go to patreon.com slash Tolkien. I've been putting up my notes, like I said earlier, for you to download if you'd like, um, just to help you stay on track. I will be uploading the notes for this week's chapter, so you can print them out on there. And um, I'll see you next week for chapters four and five of Thingol and Malian, and of the Eldamar and the Princes of the Adalier. <laughs>